Welcome to another episode of the two-on-one podcast with Adam and Alex. Alex, we're back. We're back. What an intro. (laughs) How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm really good. Yeah. Tough loss for the Montreal Canadiens last night. Uh, Interesting win for the Toronto Maple Leafs, though. Yeah, yeah. Every uh, game is interesting for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, an 11-round shootout we will talk about later for sure. But Alex, you know how we start the podcast up. It's the Power Hour, presented by no one because we don't have sponsors. <laughs> okay, question before we start the Power Hour. Of course. Okay. You know how everyone always says, oh, it's early? It's too early to say this. It's too early to say that. Yes. When is it not okay? Like, what's the threshold? Like, when is it? Now's the time to make these predictions. I think if you're looking at a team like the Kings, you know for sure that by now they're going to be a completely trash team, right? But I think come January time, I think you can start really predicting how a team's going to do. Now, at the same time, the Blues are a bit of an outlier there, but they should have been good to start. So I would say around January. Okay, so... Like the 40, just before the 40 game mark or something. Is that, when's the 40 game mark? I think the all-star game is, is what, two, three weeks after the midway point. So I would say, yeah, around the midway point. Okay. Okay. What would you say? No, I'd I'd say like just before the halfway, the the halfway or like around 35 to 40 games. Is there a team in the league right now that's making you think, "Mm, I don't know, give them some time or? Uh, not specifically. Well, Alex, I'm sure we have a lot of interesting teams to talk about today. Starting the power hour off, though, I want to quickly talk about some people in Toronto. Okay. (laughs) I have talked about the process of selling tickets before on this podcast, as, of course, I am a Hab season ticket holder. So I put the next round of tickets up, obviously, because Montreal is on a road trip. There's the next few games coming up. There's a Boston game in there, right? So I sell on Montreal sites as well as the Toronto sites, right? And as my mother has a pair of season tickets herself, we normally do both the selling together, but she does all the real work because I am a shy child. (laughs) Um, But so I think we posted, I think this one was a Toronto direct buy and sell. Normally we've never, the problems we had are people not being able to read, but we've never had someone (laughs) had an issue with, with us selling in Toronto, right? So my mom puts up the next rounds of tickets and gets a message from a Leafs fan. I'm not going to swear, but in this thing, they basically said, this is a Toronto site. F off, go Leafs go. I'm sorry. I mean, like... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's... I know Montreal has idiots, but the problem is because we do it in English, we don't get the French idiots. (laughs) But, like, you know, people, you don't need to say that to us. Hey, I'm not going to draw, dwell on it that much. I'm just saying, people, if you're online, um, don't be a dick. But anyway, we're talking about Montreal. Did you know that the Montreal Expos just won the World Series? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, they're not the Montreal Expos anymore. I know, but I just wanted to point out. Congratulations and, and, to Washington, though. I predicted the score. I was not. I was, you I was did. Off by one, but... Yeah, you predicted seven-two, and yes. they they won six-two, which was quite impressive. That you, you almost got it right. Yeah, you wanted to make a special mention in this segment, so go ahead. Well, like, there's all these things happening uh, 
Canada-wise, I guess a couple Toronto things. I I might we might as well just talk about it. Uh, first off, Wednesday night was there was just so much going on, and I know I'm like the only one who who does this stuff. Well, not really, but I had like three different sports on Wednesday night. I had soccer on my TV. I had basketball and baseball on my computer, and, and I was listening to Hockey Central on my phone. I'm like, this is like, I love it. I was having so much fun. I mean, I couldn't concentrate on one game, but just have, I was having a lot of fun watching it. So let's start with soccer. Congratulations to Toronto FC on making the MLS Cup final for the third time in four years. That's that is quite incredible, and they're playing Seattle again for the third time, uh, for the third time in four years. I just, I think a lot of people underestimate this team, uh, just because they're in the MLS. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, the MLS is not a very, very good league. Uh, we talked about the Nationals. Uh, Bianca Andreescu just finished her 2019 season. Uh, with an injury, uh, I believe it was in her knee. Uh, she at the WTA finals in I want to say it was it was in Asia, I think China, but I could be wrong. But she fit. I mean, listen, I think she had a really good year. I think I don't think anyone's complaining here, right? I, it was all right. <laughs> it was it was okay. It was okay. Nothing uh, spectacular. <laughs> And the last thing is Denis Shapovalov. I mean, he lost, but he just made it to another finals in Paris, and he lost to uh, Djokovic. So that's pretty cool too. Denis Shapovalov. I know I didn't say it properly, but Shapovalov. Shapovalov, the San Jose Sharks of the tennis world. <laughs> well, I mean, he's he's like twenty. What are you? The, the San Jose Sharks are all like a hundred years old, man. How old is Bianca? She's doing stuff. Uh, nineteen. Nineteen, younger than us. No, she's my age. she's my God, age. Your age, younger than me. God. Yeah, Denis Shapovalov is twenty. Not good enough. Not good enough. No. Now he'll win whatever is next in the tennis world, despite yeah. me. Uh, you know who is a really classy organization, in my opinion. Uh, I do. Who? The Arizona Coyotes. Of course. I brought this up in my HFR, but I thought they deserved to get a shout-out. Now, there's been a lot of attention for Brendan Gallagher this week because he played his 500th NHL game. Uh, Normally, it's about 1,000 games is the big deal, but Brendan Gallagher, a fifth-round pick in the league, how he fell down was incredible. He, He scored 40 goals in Vancouver for his draft year. But the Coyotes during the game, because obviously Montreal played them for his 500th game, on the Megatron, they put a thing saying congratulations to Brendan Gallagher. Just a really classy move you don't see very often. Uh, normally, again, the 1,000 games, teams will say something, but for 500, just um, really nice to see from the Coyotes. So shout out to them. Yeah. It's all uh, awesome. Yeah. Another quick thing on the Montreal front, because it was against Montreal, uh, congratulations to Max Pacioretty of the Vegas Golden Knights for getting 500 points uh, in a game against Montreal. Yeah, uh, I I had one thing to say about Max Pacioretty. Yeah. Um, the last couple of years, if you looked at his numbers, what was he at? He was at uh, 
he was in the 40s, right, in points? Yeah, he was normally a 60-point guy with Montreal, but... So, I, what I was, sorry, what I was going to get to was that if he's healthy, he's a 60 to 70 point guy, right? Uh, six, mid 60s. He's never hit 70, but yeah, he's oh, okay. a 65. But he could be. Guy, With this yeah. team, I think he could hit 70. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at his, I have his hockey DB numbers up right now. Yeah, that for sure. Okay. That's uh, it. Next, Kevin Fiala is on the block, Alex. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Of course, famous. I can't uh, believe he's on the block. Of course, the famous Michael Russo article talked about how <laughs> the Nashville Predators and David Poyle basically strung along Paul Fetton for a few months trying to get Mike, um, Mike, Mikael Grandlin for them from the Minnesota Wild in exchange for Kevin Fiala. Now Kevin Fiala on the block. He's been scratched a few times this season. Thoughts? How, how do you put that? How do you put him on your on the trade box? Like, is do they not? This is such a Oh, so bad. It's honestly really bad. Like, you gave up Mikhail Granlund. One of the better two-way players in the league. What? You know Minnesota's tied for last in the West. And they are old and they are slow. So you know what they're going to do, Alex? They're going to sign another old player. They're going to trade away their youngest, probably one of their most young and skillful fast players. For who will probably end up being a vet. I I don't know. Like there, we talked about Minnesota before. They're in a really weird stage. They're not too young, but they're also I I wouldn't say they're the oldest team in the league, but they're just not good enough. They've always been mediocre, but it looks like they're like they've always been good enough to maybe squeak into the playoffs, but they've never been good enough to win a round. And they haven't right. been, again, bad enough to get a top pick in the draft. And, yeah, and the, the thing is they're signing players to contracts that I don't know if that's the smartest thing to do. Of course, Jared Spurgeon is the big one that comes to mind, right? Yeah. Like, I don't want to get into it now. Well, Alex, we'll move on uh, to a better story. Ryan Strom, 10 points in 10 games for the Rangers, eh? Yeah, three goals, seven assists. Well, you know what? I, lo- I went on to Ryan Strom's uh, hockey reference page. He had 33 points in 63 games last year with the Rangers. He had 35 points. Like, just to let you know, he had 35 points last year. Uh, he had, I think, two with the Oilers in, like, 12 games. Jesus. So things were not working well in Edmonton. I mean, when was the last time you saw a player work out in Edmonton without without McDavid, Dreisaitl, and uh, and Nuge? Um, (laughs) Nothing works well there. Not in my lifetime. No, but he plays on. You know, he plays on the second line. I'm pretty sure. Uh, by the way, just quickly about Minnesota, their average age as of last year was 28.7, so that's clearly gone up. Oh but my God. it looks like Ryan Strom is finally what he was always advertised as. And yes, yes, probably yes. Probably a, a top six centerman. Of course, New York is good as some of the some of the players on that team are. They need centermen. Yeah. Well, and again, other than yeah. Mika's, other than Mika Zibanejad, they don't. Like they have a couple of guys who are coming up, but with the with they just signed Panarin, 
they just got they just brought in Truba. You think that they're kind of pushing for a playoff spot this year, right? Yeah. So to have those players players who can actually play down the middle would be really helpful rather than yeah. having to play rookies. But yeah, you you have to get a guy like Leah Anderson to get older and get more experience before you can really expose him. Uh, Eleven yeah. games this year, only one point, so he's clearly not ready. Oh, so just in case you, you want to know, Minnesota Wild's average age right now, take a guess. Twenty nine point six. Wow, twenty nine point five. Ah, that is not, <laughs> that is not good. I mean, you were really close. Do you have San Jose's in front of you? Uh, I can get it. Okay. Well, just, take a, just take a guess. Take a guess. For San Jose, I would say it is a solid 30.2. 29.2. Ah, oh, bastards. 29.2. Well, that's unfortunate. But, you know, at least the Sharks have good young players like Hurdle and yeah. Nye. Yeah. Uh you know what? Let's just let's talk about this guy, get him out the way because it's an unfortunate incident. Uh Scott Sabarin has an awkward collision with David Backus, knocking himself out in the process. Um this exact same thing happened with Andrew Shaw a couple uh seasons ago. Fortunately, he gave a thumbs up to the Bruins crowd as he was being taken off on the stretcher. He, um at a medical facility, he was able to move all ex- move all his extremities. He put a picture on Instagram of him. He's pretty bruised up, saying, "I hope to be on the ice soon." Uh, best wishes to to Scott Sabrin, I guess. Yeah. And shout out to all the Bruins and Ottawa Senators players who all got off of the bench and went to the ice when he was getting taken off. Yeah. Um, but some better news: nine straight wins for the New York Islanders. They haven't done this since since Pat LaFontaine was on that team. <laughs> Good for them. I mean, what am I supposed to say? I, I, mean, I, I, I don't know. Thing out of it. Like, it's nice to see them have some success because God yeah, knows it is. they need it. Uh, so he's just to FYI, the, I just got a notification. Uh, Sabrin suffered a broken nose. Is that it? I'll, I'll read it right now. Okay. Keep talking about New York. Well, you know, with with New York, the awesome thing about how well they're playing right now is they don't have Tom Kuhnhackle, Matt Martin, Leo Komarov, or oh, for no. those of you saying those are just gritty players, they're also <laughs> missing Jordan Eberle. Um, all those guys on the on the injury reserve, Andrew Ladd on the LTIR as well. No, he just came off the LTIR conditioning. Ah, well, whoops. But again, with the Islanders, I was saying they were going to be complete trash this year. I am looking like a fool. But I am seeing that they are running nine straight, and they beat the Sabres last night one to nothing. I I think they're going to collapse. I'm calling it now as I'm 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 on a hot streak with the Expos. Oh, sorry, with, not the Expos, but the Nationals winning the World Series. So I'm predicting that the New York Islanders are about to start a downward spiral for the rest. They do of the have season. a high. They do have a high PDO. What is their PDO? One hundred two point nine. Oh boy, there you go. Yeah, so Sabrin just suffered a broken nose, uh, fractured nose. That's good. He's going to be released today from the hospital. Good to know, then. Yeah. Um, you wanted to say something about Mike Smith. <laughs> Mike Smith 
had a 51 save performance against the Pittsburgh Penguins last night. Yes, afternoon. They, 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 oh, they, afternoon. They, sorry, afternoon. Can you tell? Okay, so Pittsburgh had 52 shots. Mm-hmm. Without going to stir this up, can you tell me how many shots Edmonton had? Um, 21. 28. Oh, close. Well, okay. Not 28. They're getting killed in shots. Well, they have been. You've you've been you. Ha- Oh, by the way, quick note on Pittsburgh. Apparently, Patrick Hornquist is now on the IR. Um, but, you know, we it's been a thing all season, right? And it's not going to be sustainable for, what, 36, 37-year-old Mike Smith? Or however old Miko Koskinen is. Yeah. You were joking around with me last night. When is Mike Smith getting three <laughs> years of 4.5? I said it was already drawn up. Like, I, I'm not allowed like to say Kevin that. Kevin deal. There's already uh, drawn up already, Alex. It's already there. It's already there. January 1st, we're going to hear about this. I'm so, telling you. I'm going to get someone's numbers up quickly. I want you to tell me who you think this is. Uh, he has a really cool name in the league, if you really think about it. He's one of those goalies that I've never quite believed in. But this season, this goalie has two wins, six losses, and his save percentage I already have it. is 858. Uh, is that man, man named Jonathan Quick? It is. Alex, what do you do? I don't know, man. I So I looked at this. I went through last night because last year – he kind of, I guess, reg- I don't know if it's regression or I don't know if it's him just like playing on a bad team. Because I two years there, ago, there's bad, but eight, five, eight. But that's the thing. So you look at look at his like regular, like, sorry, his stats for the last while. It's in when did they win the cup? What year? What year is it that they won the cup? 2014 and 2012, I believe. Okay, so from four, 2014, he had a 915 save percentage, 918, 918, 917, 921, and then he, he went to 888, and then this year he's at 858. So what, what is it? Because from, from 2017-18 to 2019-20, the team has gotten worse. The so team I'm in front of him get, has gotten worse. I want to quick up I'm, I'm going to quickly bring up someone else's numbers for comparison here. Can you tell me off the top of your head who was last place in the NHL last year? Was it not the Ottawa Senators? Was. Now, do you want to know Craig Anderson's save percentage last year? Yes, I do. The goalie of the last place team last year was a 903 on on the sense so again is their fault to blame with the rest of the LA Kings I do but at the same time a Jonathan Quick I mean 885 like 8 is bad the worst last year was what like 88 for some of the guys on um Someone had like an 8-8 last year. It was terrible. It might have been like Cam Ward numbers, right? Cam Ward makes 8-8 normally for his save percentage. That's terrible. But I have not seen a starting goalie hit 8-5 maybe ever. 
That yeah. is terrible. That is bad. Now, we all we were talking about uh, Doughty. We were talking about Kopitar. We were talking about Muzzin uh, a couple weeks ago. We were ta- saying that the, the three really big runs they had for three consecutive years had a toll on them as players. Yes. Could you say that now it's catching up to Jonathan Quick? See, because he is going to be 34 in January. He is going to be 34. Do you know what I always like to say about the 2014 playoffs? Tell me. I say that Chris Kreider cost the league a goalie duel of Carey Price and Jonathan Quick. Because during that time, Jonathan Quick was the best goalie in the world when it came to the playoffs. Was he not? Yes. And yes, I agree that those playoff runs take such a toll on players. And I think with Quick, he stole them some pretty gnarly series there. And don't forget, once they got Jeff Carter a few years ago, that's when they started going on their run. So it's been run after run after run. And look what's happened to some of those Chicago players. I think the wear and tear is for sure what's hitting Jonathan Quick. It must be because it's those three years. Because look at the stats afterwards. Uh, after the 13-14 when they won the Stanley Cup, they missed the playoffs the year after. Uh, 15-16. Or was he injured? Hmm. 15-16? I believe no, that in four, was... In 14-15, was he injured or did he play? Uh, I don't know. 14... I'll find out. I'll find out. I have, Either... I have Lucky DB in front of me. He played 71 games in 14-15. Okay. Either way... They, so, 15-16, they played five games in the playoffs. 17-18, he they played four games. Before that, before the t- three cup runs, they only played six games. Him, Jonathan Quick, played six games in the playoffs. So, it's those three specific years, from 2011 to 2014, where... They played 20 games, 18 games, and 26 games. Those were – and those were the years that it was them in Chicago just beating the living crap out of each other. Yeah. So I don't have another reason than – because I look at this team. I say, yes, the team in front of him is really, really bad. Really, really bad. For sure. But – how does your save percentage go from 921 to 858 over a span of two years? He's just not good anymore. Well, anyway, we are going a bit long on this power hour, power hour segment. There is one more thing to talk about, though, on the power hour. Alex. Matthew I, oh crap! I deleted Matthew Kachuk. Whoops. Um, goal of the year, Matthew Kachuk through his legs. That was a good goal. I it's between did, that and Svechnikov. If you saw that Kachuk goal in real time, I I couldn't tell what was happening. I saw a gif of it like six times. I was like, what is happening here? I can't even see what he's doing. And then I see it slow down. I'm like, oh, oh, oh my God! That is goal of the year. Yeah, like you said, that or Svechnikov, of course. Pulled off Yo lacrosse goal. But, I mean, did you see what his dad said? Yeah, if I tried that, I'd pull my groin. That is, uh... <laughs> shout out to the Kachaks, eh? That's just a, a, a good hockey family. Yeah. 
Um, and actually, so we saved this specific segment for last in the Power Hour because I feel like it might take us a little longer to talk about. Milan Lucic is going to get suspended. <laughs> oh, good old like, Milan. So this is the player the Leafs are missing. That's who we need. Remember in the Steve Milan Lucic when when Jesse Blake joked about how the Leafs were going to get Lucic. Oh, God. So, last night, there is a game between the Calgary Flames, who have not been good this year, and the Columbus Blue Jackets. So, forward Cole Sherwood for the Columbus Blue Jackets, who is not real, goes and gets a shot, takes a dig in. He does what every single player does if you're a guy like a Brandon Gallagher or a Kachuk, right? They take a poke at the net when the goalie covers it up because, you know, you want to try and get that poke and maybe squeeze out a greasy goal, right? So there's there's not even a scrum, right? He does this, skating away behind the net, and Milan Lucic just comes after this poor guy. And he doesn't give him any warning. He doesn't drop his gloves. I wouldn't even be surprised if there were any words exchanged. Lucic just goes... And full, like, just swing, swings at this guy and drops him. In One the face. In the, in the face. Sherwood drops, like, a bag of stones in the water. It is. It, have you ever seen the Petruzzi sucker punch? Yeah. This is, yeah. like, the modern day. It's nowhere near as bad because that was someone's back turned to you. But that was, it was... How in the world he doesn't get 20 games is beyond me here. <sighs> because it's you know just, he's not gonna get you know he's not gonna get that right. He deserves it though. Like you I have, know he's not I have get that. the clip of it in front of me, right? And I, I I I keep watching it. Sorry if you can hear the audio. I'll turn my phone down. But it's just there was no need for this. Everyone does it. He gives him two extra whacks. The other player for Calgary doesn't even do anything. He's like, oh, whatever. He only steps in when when one of Sherwood's uh, teammates goes in to go after Lucic because Buddy just sucker punched his, own, his teammate. And that guy doesn't even get as violent with it. It's Lucic being a, I don't want to say a prick, but being a prick for the sake of it. Like that, there's no place in today's game for that. And there were people saying, oh, good for Lucic. Is that why we brought him in? And those are probably six-year-olds who don't know how the game has moved forward. Jeff Merrick always says that hockey back in the 80s and that was basically crime on ice. And that's what Lucic just did. You sucker punched a dude with your glove on. Come on. Oh, that's not even the best part. Did you see Brendan Dillon again last night? He did something again. On uh, I don't know his first name. Uh, Sautner on Vancouver. I did late not. Late hit. Late hit. Again. But why would the Department of Player Safety do anything? Why? Uh, I would Not try to find the Brendan Dillon hit, but Jesus Christ. I, I, I We talked about it last week. Uh, and I don't want to go on the ring again. Go check your... I just sent you a, a link to it. Okay. Hold on. Yeah, I, I'm tired of the Department of Player Safety. It's time and time and time and time. Like, it was a clear late hit, especially on Brendan Dillon. Uh, I really hope they they prove a point with this Milan Lucic suspension. Yeah. If he gets 
if no, he he's if there's a hearing, he's getting a suspension. Is it? Do we know if if it, it's in person or over the phone yet? Because no idea. It doesn't say anything. Because if it's in person, I believe that's when it's it's like a minimum of five games. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. I don't know if it's in person. It the the tweet did not say. The tweet directly from the Department of Player Safety did not say. Could whether, you uh, could you resend that link? Because I have no idea why, but it is not working. Streamable. What the hell? Okay, you know what? I don't know what just happened. I'm sorry. It's a late hit. That's that's the end of it. His what third straight late hit in three straight games? Probably. I don't know what way the league wants to go. And I think I said this last week, but I'm going to say it again. The league needs to decide what they actually want because they claim that they want to get rid of head hits or dangerous hits. But when it comes to disciplining people who do off the ice, right? Sure, give a penalty on the ice, right? Lucic got uh, a roughing penalty. But when it comes to off the ice, do something about it. Do something about it. I get like you're only doing Lucic, but the Sautner, the the Brendan Dillon hit, at least two of them were suspendable. I get you can't suspend him for the Marshawn one because he didn't actually connect, but oh my god, that was dangerous. If he connected with Brad Marshawn, I don't even know what would have happened. He gets taken out on the stretcher. Uh, oh, for sure, for sure. It's I don't know what's gonna happen. I mean, like no way in hell he gets less than three games, right? I don't think so. But knowing what's what's happening, they're gonna release it just after we finish recording. For sure. For sure. For sure. Uh, I'm just trying to quickly get up something you sent me the other day. But in the meantime, so Dustin Bufflin. There are a bunch of shenanigans. Ah, oh, here we go. Okay, it was the Bob McKenzie thread. So, yeah, let me just read you this. There's nothing quite like when you see Bob McKenzie tweet out something and he goes on his little threads. As just reported on NBCSN, Dustin Bufflin recently underwent ankle surgery to take care of an unresolved issue from the high ankle sprain he suffered late last season. What that means for his future and whether it could in time lead to his return in Winnipeg remains to be seen. It's certainly premature to say that Buffalo will return to active duty in the NHL this season, but there is a sense if he does feel healthy again, he may be inclined to return at some point. Now, there's a bit more here, but what I really want to talk about is what Elliot Freeman was bringing up throughout the yeah. week. Headlines well, last night specifically. Mm-hmm. And that was... Apparently, Bufflin told the team when he showed up at training camp that the ankle was fine, he was healthy, but then all of a sudden there was the sense afterwards that he was ready to retire. And now there's going to be some sort of issue between the, the PA wants to get involved with the surgery. Saying, well, there's going to be an arbitrator. Yes. And that will probably be happening this week, I believe he said. Uh, I don't know if there was a date, a date set, but we're... If there's an arbitrator, we're really not going to hear anything about this but it, it until seems, it's settled. That the big thing here is 
it's a he said thing towards Buffalo. It's a, it's a one-sided thing where Kevin Sheffield day off publicly can't say anything. There was a scrum with him Yeah. where you could see how visibly frustrated he is. They're trying to keep all sort of respects for Buffalo, but apparently he came in said, Oh, I'm healthy. I'm fine. And all of a sudden, no, he goes back, has this surgery. So I, I don't know, but it's, I believe Tucker Pullman was hurt last night. Vinny Hololia, yeah. Vinny Hanola has just been sent down to the Moose, I think, earlier last week. What do you make of all this, Alex? It's it's a really messy situation. Uh, Kevin Sheveldayev called it a complicated issue. I, I really like that putting it that way. That's a complicated issue. Man, no matter what, it's a, like it's very messy. Because Dustin Bufflin is out at least until the new year, until 2020. Even then, imagine jumping into speed with, or jumping into the play, and you haven't done, and you haven't really been doing anything. And I get Dustin Bufflin has a presence on the ice, and we hear all these guys saying, "Oh, it, it doesn't matter. Dustin Bufflin has the presence, has that big presence on the ice, so he can just jump into the play whenever he wants." I don't know if that's necessarily true, because if his ankle's as bad as it sounds, yeah, we've seen. All respect to Eric Carlson, we've seen the toll it took on Eric Carlson. Who, still recovering. Still recovering, and he's a very he was before his ankle problems. He was. One of the best was he not one of the best skaters in the NHL as a defenseman? Uh, he was probably the Get, best until McDavid showed up. Sorry, as a defenseman, far and away the best skater, in my opinion. And now look at now look now now, now where is turn. he? He can barely turn without looking like he's in pain. So an ankle injury is is or ankle surgery will take time to heal. It will be difficult. I per like I think it will be difficult based on past experiences of other players who are very good at skating. Imagine have imagine putting all that pressure on your ankle. Bufflin's not a small guy, right? Bufflin is a heavy guy. I don't think this is going to be as easy as people make it seem to be. He's just he's a big dude to start, right? Yes. And with the issues and how bad it is, he's never missed as much time in his career as he did last year. You got to think of his general health, too, of what his ankle will be like if he takes another big bump playing in the central division that is probably the heaviest in hockey. Right. It it will be interesting to see what happens. Um, we're probably not going to hear about this. More, until everything's settled, because now it's a matter of was it a hockey-related injury, uh, which will determine a lot of things uh, in a matter of paying him. <laughs> but the other thing is, I don't know if uh, you heard this about the relationship between Bufflin and Sheveldayov now, or between Bu- uh, Bufflin and the team now. It's not now? as good. Apparently, it's not as good as it was. Well, I would imagine not. So there was a last night on headlines. There's some talk of what's gonna happen. Uh, uh, if he's back, is he part of the Jets' future? 
And I kind of want to know what you think on that. I mean, don't they have exactly enough cap room to bring him back? I don't think that they try and get the number down to a certain point with the line A and the Connor contract situations. Yeah, that was before the ankle ankle shenanigans. I know, but their defense is already in shambles. And unless they're willing to trade one of their forwards or an, a mouse amount of bat, a mass amount of draft picks, they're not going to get any better. And the, when the Jets were a win-now team, Blake Wheeler's contract is going to look worse every single year. And once he starts to fall off, it's going to be even more of a disaster. So I think if Dustin Bufflin wants to come back, that's a different story. But if, if I'm the Jets, you're damn right I want Dustin Bufflin back. Even with his ankle surgery, what other? he's probably better than most of the options they have. Yeah. I'm with 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 Pullman hurt and Hanola down in the I'm gonna bring up daily faceoffs because I want to know what exactly their defense looks like today. Because I imagine it is just hilarious. Yeah, but we said that at the beginning of the year, right? Even but, with So and, it's, it's it's right now they, they still have Pullman there, but it's him Morrissey, obviously, Kulikov Pionk. And the third pairing is Biedo and Spiza, because I forgot Spiza's a thing. They had to go out and claim Lucas Spiza. That's how dire their situation is. But that's the thing. That's what that's what where I think the problem comes in. They're put Bufflin put the Winnipeg Jets in a very difficult position. Extremely difficult. He's like, I don't know if I'm gonna come back. No one knew anything about the ankle injury. And now he's like, Yeah, I haven't my ankles uh uh, is acting up again. So I have to get surgery, which is going to leave me out until the new year. So what are they going to do for the next months? Because there's no way January comes along and he's going to be perfectly fine. To be fair, though, the Jets knew they were losing a good part of that defense core to start. Is it, it- on July 1st, yes, they did. Yeah, so there should have been more to more done to support that. Now, at the same time, yes, Bufflin coming in, and if the reports are true, him saying that he was completely fine, then all of a sudden leaving. See, the problem here is we don't know Bufflin's side of the story. And that's why I, I have trouble saying anything because I don't know what, what his thing is. Now, normally I, I trust when Chris Johnson and Elliot Friedman say something. So did Bufflin put them in a tough situation? Yes, but there should have been done there should have been more done to prepare for this. Because even with Bufflin, their defense was still going to be a problem in a competitive division. Right. You also had to deal with uh with Patrick Lyon and Kyle Connor. Yes. And they but yeah. they did that. They did that perfectly and were still and still had the cap open for him. They had just enough. By the skin of their, like, just by, just in, like, 100,000. They had just enough. And Patrick Laine has been a completely different player. In a good one. Yes, yes. But who thought that Patrick Laine was going to be a completely different player? I can guarantee you no one on Twitter thought that. Uh, I thought he'd still be a goal scorer, but I didn't think he'd be, like, I didn't think he'd be this, this good. Yeah, that's so. How do you move, how do you move around the fact that on July first you lost Jacob Truba and Tyler Myers? Okay, they knew they were going to lose Truba two years ago. Right. How Myers do you? Two. They didn't have the money. Right. They 
So they already didn't have the money. They had to deal with Patrick Lyon and Kyle Connor. And now, and how are they supposed to fix the defense? They were because they didn't Kulikov, and they would have had more space there. They should have what? Sorry, what? They should have bought Kulikov like they were planning on. And they shouldn't have given Blake Wheeler that stupid contract. They shouldn't have given Brian Little that stupid contract. Right. There's blame on both sides here. Yes. I'm just saying on July 1st, how do you deal with that problem? That's what I'm asking you. Because the the Brian Little contract and the Blake Wheeler contract were signed before that. Right? Yeah. No one – I don't know how many people envisioned this 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 big problem on July 1st. So how well, do you fix that problem? Let me – well, I guess the only – you know, you are right. The only thing they could have done is relied on their young defenseman because they didn't have room to do anything else. Yeah, there was no room. That's what I'm saying. If Bufflin came out and retired – or Bufflin came out and said, uh, put me on LTIR. We're talking about a completely different situation. But didn't – so here, here's the weird thing I was thinking of the other day. Why did they suspend – so? oh, no, never mind, because they didn't know about the injury Because they yet. didn't know about the injury. How long do you have to stay suspended for on – how long do you have to stay suspended without pay for? Because couldn't they now put them on LTIR? It depends on if the – Injury is hockey related. Which and but but Bufflin's camp is making it sound like it is. Right, but there's no but the Winnipeg Jets are saying it's not. So that's why the arbitrator is. But if I'm the Jets and I'm in yeah. the situation I am in, where Bufflin may not even be coming back, and now he's arguing it's a hockey injury, wouldn't that be beneficial for my team because I can put him on LTIR? Uh I don't know if it's more with them about the principle. It's probably about the pay. It's probably about paying. But if I I am the Jets, because now it feels like personal feelings are getting into it. I'm saying, all right, Buff, you may have screwed us here, but now we need to we need to think on our feet and use this LTIR. I love Kevin Shovdayov, but I, I don't know. I don't know if there's how much of an advantage there is well, I, because I, because the thing is what you go do now what what are you going to go do now until this is who, sorted out with Bufflin you can't do anything who is available that would help them well apparently they've been on the trade block I don't know who is of it yes he pulled Harvey but he's a forward no defense We're, they're not acquiring any more forwards who is a ava- I don't even know who is available on defense neither do I that's why oh Martin Marinson no, no. <laughs> Co- Cody Cece well we were talking about <laughs> what can the Jets do but they knew that their defense was going to be a problem but you know what there was another team that had a clear problem they didn't address it now they're paying for it that's the New Jersey Devils Yes. So they go out. So if I'm correct, the New Jersey Devils, I'm looking it up right now, have so have only won two games this season. Now, I remember they had won two games, I think, in a week when we did our Eastern-Western Conference previews, right? 
Yeah, also now they are 3, 4, and 1 with a goal differential of minus 14. Yay. So, so Taylor Hall decided to say, you know what, after a game, a 7-6 loss to the Lightning in overtime. They were getting booed on the penalty kill. Power play, power play. They were 1 for 3 at the time, and he comes out. And says, we're kind of battling our own fans right now. We were one for three on the power play and we were getting booed. It's a tie game. We are getting booed. That's a tough environment to play in sometimes, especially when you are at home. I know that when we're playing for... I know that when we're playing somewhere and their fans start booing, it's a fun environment for the away team to play in. Hall, who knocks two assists, told reporters after the game. He goes on to say that he understands the frustrations and all that. But you get what he's trying to say. A lot of people took it a bit I, out of context, but... He's not wrong. Oh, listen, dude. We are both fans of, of, of tough crowds, right? I was... I have been to Habs games when Carey Price and Jeff Petrie have been booed. <laughs> like, it happens. I remember when Jake Gardner got booed. I was so pissed off. Because it doesn't help. Like, you're no. all, okay, so hey, I'm mad at my team. You know what I'm going to do to try and motivate them? I'm going to boo them. Yeah. No, doesn't make sense. Does not make sense. They went out and they acquired Louis Domingue. Yeah, and was it was reported they were looking for a third goalie. Yes. So he was available on waivers. A lot of goalies were, but they said, you know what? Back then, no, we're going to go with Schneider and Blackwood. Do you think they didn't know what they had in Mackenzie Blackwood? I honestly, I think you sh- if there is one position where you need to be sure of it's goaltending, especially the Devils who what for the past two seasons have had a giant question mark. Yeah, yeah, and goalie. Yeah, I I don't know what's wrong. I think we talk about this time and time again. I don't know what is wrong in New Jersey because we. On paper, this team is supposed to be good. For sure. Like, they have two first overall picks. They have Taylor Hall. Well, they have, is Taylor Hall? Taylor Hall's a first overall pick. So they have three. three. So, they, and then they have P.K. Subban. Like, they have the players. I don't know where this team is going wrong. I also haven't watched enough of New, uh, of New Jersey to make a an idea like what make a statement of what is going wrong do you have any idea i i don't i really don't um the, at one point yeah they lost six straight it was pretty brutal i think that was right before they actually bothered to win it seems to be some player well jack hughes wasn't scoring to start the year pk suban's first goal was only an empty netter uh, Wayne Simmons is, is I mean, that's a guy I think they took a bet on. Is it really paying off yet? Yeah, Subban's only got five points in 12 games. Wayne Train Simmons is a bit of, he's a ghost of his former self. I think people in Philly started to see that. They must be happy they signed him to a one-year contract. Oh, for sure. Because everyone was talking about how, oh, uh, he's going to get four or five years, and it's just going to be hilarious when that team signs that contract. But everyone kind of sorted themselves out. Like, yeah, let's not do that. I mean, I want Wayne Simmons to do better. 
of course. Of course. But I, I don't know. I I think it comes down to goaltending a little bit. Uh, oh, because, sure. you know, Corey Schneider and Mackenzie Blackwood, how far could that get you? Where do they go? How do they fix this, though? I don't know. I don't know. It, I I suggested if you if you don't think you can correct what's going on, you start tra- you trade p- players on expiring deals. Get rid of Sammy Vatanen. You can probably bring in someone useful. Uh, quickly, I have Blackwood and Schneider's numbers in front of me. Do you want to guess what Schneider and Blackwood save percentages are? Oh, I have them up too. Oh, so. never mind. Uh, but they're both below eight hundred, uh, below nine hundred. So yeah, eight nine seven for Schneider, eight nine eight for Blackwood. At least they're consistently crap. So <sighs> like Taylor Hall is gone at this point, right? Yeah, yeah, unless something completely changes, I, I find it hard to believe. Do they fix this? Is this a case of maybe all of a sudden they go out, they get a league average goaltender when they're in last place in January, and next thing you know, they've But made that's it. the thing. Who's available? Like, who? Uh, no, who, who's giving up a starting goalie? Sure, uh, the LA Kings. <laughs> if I I know we, t- we we talked about this earlier, right? Like a couple episodes ago. Uh if I'm the New Jersey Devils and I want to go to go to acquire Jonathan Quick, I need to be 1000% certain that it is the team in front of him that is uh that is making his stats look like this. Because we just talked about it today. Do you try and get anti Ranta? And try and pry him away from the Yotes because they've obviously gone with Darcy Kemper now. I, I would be, I would work. That's something that that could work. It's a matter of if he's going to stay healthy. I don't know if I lean lean towards something like that because if Anti Ranta gets injured, we're now back in the same situation that we started with, right? Yeah, I get, like looking at, I'm just looking at every team around. I'm thinking Columbus has their own issues with like Elvis Mercer Lincolns in Corpusalo. Colorado have, of course, Philip Grubauer and whoever. I don't even know what their backup is. Havel Francouz. Yeah. <laughs> the Sens are whatever. The Jets have Hellebuck and Bressois, who's not been good. The Kings, it's quick and Question. Campbell. Yeah. Question. Question. Craig Anderson. No. No? No. No. He's no. no. He's too old. He, no. No, I know. I'm just saying for this year. Oh, my. Do you want... Can I read you a Mark <laughs> tweet I just saw? <laughs> okay. Uh, so it's the clip to the Lucci thing, and he's saying, guess my old school hockey guy is showing, but are we all fine with players jabbing at goalies? Who have the puck covered with impunity? Just let them jab away. No, that's not the point. Just shut up, Mark. I'm sorry. It's not the, the the point is that you don't punch someone in the face when they're not expecting it. 
That's the same reason why I said Domi should have been suspended. It's the action that you're like, it's the action. You don't punch someone in the face. At least Aaron Eckblad had got, at least after he got punched about three times, did he drop his gloves? But Lucci's like, drop the guy. <laughs> but going, Just punch him in the face. Going back to New Jersey, I mean, there, there's, there doesn't seem to be anyone for sure that you can go out there. Like, So, what, looking at this, you can either say, I don't know at first, one of Leonard, probably one of the two in Chicago if the other one doesn't work out, a half-broken anti-Ranta, or what, Jim Howard? That could be interesting. Young Jimmy Howard? That that would be really interesting. Yeah, Steve Eiserman has not been afraid to trade within the conference before. How about this crazy idea? What if they uh, call Minnesota? Oh, no! <laughs> no! <laughs> What do you have to give up? Let's go with this, Alex. There is a trade between the Minnesota Wild and they are okay. So if it, let's say that I'm I'm the new guy, I don't know his name because he'll probably be fired, and you you're calling me about Devin Dubnik, who has a modified. Okay, by the way, he does have a 19 teams that he can be traded to for a notified no trade clause. So first of all, does Devin Dubnik waive it to get out of there and go to New Jersey? Probably not not right now. So let's say he does it, though. What does New Jersey have to give up to Minnesota for Devin Dubnik? Uh, I don't know, man. Does it, you, I, I, it, does, it can't start with the first-round pick because if the New Jersey Devils give up their first-round pick and don't make the playoffs, that will be a nightmare. Do you make it um, – do you just make it lottery-protected, though? But that's the thing. Next year, let's say it's lottery protected, right? Oh, but they could they, lose Hall. Ne- and they lose Hall, and Vatanen uh, doesn't come back, and who else isn't going to come back? Let's see. Wayne Simmons doesn't come back. Right? Now what? Now next year, you're even more screwed. You thought this year was bad. Then maybe it's just you don't try and fix it. You throw in the towel, then and you, you trade you trade up everyone away. Okay, that's fine, but we're still at the problem. Do they even have a prospect goalie? Eww, that's a good question. They don't have any. They don't. The one problem that they have, they don't really have a solution for. Uh, they have Evan Cormier and and Jio uh, Shen. I will look up their numbers quickly. Um, I'm looking at I'm looking at uh, Evan Cormier oh, right now. He doesn't look good. Oh, neither does the other guy. Their numbers are very bad in the AHL. Never mind. Um, I, then I don't know. Is there, you know is there who a, the New Jersey Devils should have selected first overall? Uh, uh, who? Florida Panthers prospect. Spencer Knight. Spencer Knight. (laughs) When did the Devils pick last year? First overall. Oh, God, yeah, they had Hughes. (laughs) They got Jack Hughes. They should have selected Spencer Knight. Spencer Knight. That's where they went wrong. 
Well, I guess we will continue to keep an eye on the New Jersey situation because it's fascinating. Maybe Louis Domingue comes in and solves everyone's problems. Or maybe you know, he's so, like Chris Johnson says. So uh, before I move on, Friedman uh, last night on headlines said that uh, they're going to meet the Hall camp, the like Hall's agent in Calgary this week because they're going on a road trip. Yeah. Do you know who Taylor Hall is represented by? Um, I believe he shares an agent with one Mitchell Marner. Mr. Darren Ferris. Do you know who else Ferris has a, as a client who's up this year? Is it a Montreal player? It is. Is it uh, is Domi up this year or Gallagher up this year? Um, Mete is up. Sorry, I just told you. Domi is up this year, but it's Adam not Adam, you swore. I uh, know, I... I, I I stopped. No, I said halfway through. I stopped it. It's, uh, it's Victor Mete. No, no, no he's, Max Domi is not represented by Darren Ferris. If it was, I, I'd, I'd, I would give up. Then you, know, then you would really know how I felt. Yeah, but, but yeah. The question Darren is Ferris. when. The question is when, when does Taylor Hall threaten to go to Europe? That is the question. Signed by for eleven times eight. I'm going to Russia. Okay. I'm. League. Going to Switzerland to play for Austin Matthews' old team. Play for no, the Lions. No coincidence there. Nah, uh, he's a mess. Um, so, Alex, we've got Montreal and we've got Toronto to talk about. Who do you want to talk about first? Uh, you can go first. The lads are doing fine. Um, They actually, they're on over. They just finished a bit of a road trip. In the Western Conference, they had a back-to-back starting... By the way, Alex, did you know that you could win back-to-backs? No, I didn't. I was... Uh, it confused me, actually. So, Claude's really... That's what pulls off on Mike Babcock. He plays the Arizona Coyotes in the first half of it. Carey Price gets the start. They uh, they smack them around for a 4-1 win. Brendan Gallagher scoring in the first, like, 20 seconds of it in his 500 game. Then they have Keith Kincaid start... Against the Vegas Golden Knights, being down 4-2, Montreal would go into win 5-4 in the uh, in, uh, extra frame. In the OT, about 27 seconds in, Max Domi would score. So, yeah, the lads had a really nice-looking road trip, and then they laid an egg in Dallas last night. Carey <laughs> <laughs> Price was, yeah. was amazing, but they just left him out to dry. Suzuki, Lekkinen, and Price were the only good halves last night. Oh, so you also know what it feels like when your players leave out your goalie to dry. That's yeah. good to know. That's Listen, to know. they've been doing it since Carey Price was drafted, dude. Oh, they've been doing it for um, like the last 50 years, I guess, in this city. But... Well, yeah, well, I mean, Toronto? Yeah. I love how you even make me talking about the Habs into Toronto. I know. I, that's, I'm just I, good at that, man. I fuck. I and, you know, I, the, the Abs are off. You know, they had a really good spurt there after beating Toronto. A nice three-game win streak. Did you see Kyle Bukowskis last night? <laughs> yeah, and Gritty. Oh, first of all. <laughs> that was funny. What a professional. Oh, by the way, John Bartlett got the call for Montreal last night. I was so happy. You must have been ecstatic. I yelled Bartlett when I heard him start talking. I felt so bad for him because he finally gets to call another Montreal game. And then they just play probably their worst (laughs) effort of the season. Just disgusting right now. I think them and Toronto are tied right now, actually. 
when we get the NHL standings up right now. And Wait, see how Toronto and Montreal? Um, oh, no. Toronto currently have a point more than Montreal, but Montreal have a game in hand. Yeah. That's, that's right. And by the way, the Buffalo Sabres are really good. And so are the Bruins. Jesus. Yeah, but we all knew the Bruins were good. And I said the Stub Sabres would be decent. Um, Alex, I don't assume you'd like to talk about Montreal. Any questions from that? Or do you just want to go straight to Toronto? Well, I mean, are there any concerns you have for Montreal? Um, the penalty kill is not that much of a problem anymore. It's been, a, it was, it could have been better last night, but honestly, the spurt after, once Julian got in there and said something after the Sharks game, it started looking a lot better. Uh, beside that, you swear Cook Kinyemi is injured right now, but it doesn't sound like it's too bad, so he should be back. Suzuki's getting some looks at center, so we'll see how that goes, but, um... Besides that, I mean, I, I, there's nothing real too much to claim, complain about with Montreal because it, it's still so early in the season. But like I keep saying, it's going to be a constant fight this year for the points. So they haven't had any, they haven't had a colossal collapse or anything like that. So there's no points that they really have let and fallen through their fingers. So there's not much to complain about there. And are you happy with Keith Kincaid? Oh, yeah, he makes a highlight reel save, I swear to God, every time he gets a start. And I was talking about this in my HFR, but um, he has this thing after every single Habs win where he does this, like, emoji puzzle thing of saying, this guy scored, but he only uses emojis, right? But he didn't put himself into his win. And all the Habs fans were very minded to to, um, to remind him, like, hey, buddy, you did really well. And also, (laughs) since 2014... I'm trying to think. It's been since 2014. Carey Price's backups have been Peter Budai, Dustin Tokarski, Mike Condon, like Ben Scrivens. It's just been a Anthony Niemi, Charlie Lindgren for a bit, Kincaid. That you've never really gotten to attach Al Montoya. You've never really gotten that much attached to them as a Habs fan. But Keith Kincaid's done a really good job of engaging with Habs fans, and it's really showing. So he. He looks like a guy who he looks more like he was when the Devils made the playoffs and he did last season with them. So it, it looks like Montreal have a solid little backup and maybe Carey Price will finally get less than 65 games played this year. Right. Yeah, that's kind of what I was going to get to next, but you brought it up. So um, I have an announcement. Yes. John Shannon just tweeted, Lucci cheering is over. Important to note that he is not a repeat offender. His last suspension was January 2016, but he was fine last year, uh, and he does have an extensive history of similar acts. The league will take that into account. I don't know if oh, I don't know how I feel. Well, I, we talked about last week. Repeat offenders, 18 months, the last 18 months. So, I get it. But they know his his past, so it's, they better do something about it. John threw out about that. They know his thing. Yeah, I, at least they know. He's an underrated insider, isn't he? I've been telling you. I've been telling you this even when he was at Sportsnet. He knows he, things, man. 
he actually worked for them. <laughs> yeah, man, he knows things. Yeah. Oh, by the way, um, quick shout out. I saw you say something about this on Twitter, and I'm sure you've seen it. The tweet from Mr. Jason Foster about his kid Cade, who's none of his friends oh, yeah, showed yeah. up for his birthday party. Um, absolute heartbreaker. Uh, his friends are jackasses. Um, and Mitch Marner quote tweeted it saying, "Wanted to wish him a happy birthday. Your friends from the Leafs have a surprise gift coming your way. So that's really nice. That's nice. Shout out yeah, to I Mitch. saw it this morning. He's a nice person, isn't old Mitch? Yeah. I mean, he has money to send to kids, right? Because he uh, <laughs> lots so- of. I'm gonna make as many shots of these as I can until I hear <laughs> Domi's in the contract thing. Then I'll shut up. Well, Alex, let's close out the Toronto Maple Leafs. One Actually, last I have some Philadelphia things too. I can talk about that. Uh, do you about the game specifically or the Flyers in general? Because I know uh, Buddy was on Hockey Central and their general manager. Uh, more about the team. Okay. Uh, not last night. Well, of course, the Toronto Maple Leafs, they win last night after I believe it was an 11 round shootout. Yes. And I saw Jason Spencer yeah, pretty good So what what happened in Toronto? How do you feel about it? A big win versus the Flyers. Still no Muzzin, still no Tavares. Well, Muzzin's playing next game. Uh, I think Tavares will play. Uh, I think they play Tuesday next against the LA Kings. So we'll have two players back. I'm not sure when Hyman is coming back. But I saw a lot of people still complaining last night. And to be honest, I thought they played better uh, five-on-five defensively. Obviously, I'd I'd like to see this consistently. But there are areas I'd like to see improved. And I think when Muzzin comes back and all the things settle with the roster, when Hyman comes back as well, things are going to change. Now, last night, what I don't understand is why Martin Marinson was playing with Tyson Berry. <laughs> was he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it was kind of getting like demoted, or was was Magic Hands Marty getting a, a highlight showcase there? Is that getting it? Or a highlight show- they was getting a highlight showcase. No, no, Barry wasn't getting demoted. Dermot and Hall were the third pair. And I get why the team did. I get why Bobcock did that, right? Like, it, it doesn't seem like a smart thing to do to throw Travis Dermot uh, out there. He, it's his second game back from a shoulder injury. So I get why he did that. Again, I say this. Please get Cody Cece off the ice. Especially on the, I don't know why he plays penalty kill. Uh, I don't know why. Penalty kill. Is Pardon? it Dave Stall? Yeah. Oh. But it's funny because the team has the the penalty kill has been okay, like pretty good this year. Uh, um, it it's a power play that's still the problem, uh, and we talked about that last week. I don't know why he's on the penalty kill. To be honest, I don't know why he's on the first pair still, but I, I kind of know why. Can this team stop taking stupid penalties? Aren't they the most penalized uh, team in the league right now? They could be. I don't know. I don't even want to check because I'm scared. Last night, Spezza had two penalties, took two penalties in a row. Spezza looked really good in the first period. Second period kind of died off and the third period he looked good again 
Last year, Riley had 14 minutes in penalties all all of last year. He already has 14. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. But I'm not going to – I want trash on Riley because, to be honest, he's looked – I think he's looked better. Like, he's more in the game. Remember last week I was saying Matthews looks in the game? Yeah. Against Washington, I think I could say the same thing about Riley this game. Okay. Now, we, the team needs to like they have to stick together even after they concede a goal because I feel like every single time they concede a goal, it kind of breaks down and they have to build up again, and it really screws up our screws up the momentum. So I'd like to see that. I have one very specific point. My last point about the Leafs. Yeah. Did you know William Nylander got benched last night? Um. Why? I uh, because he he was something I didn't I don't remember the play. You want to know something? Really what happened exactly? I went what, on Twitter what? quickly because I always want to look up if I missed anything. And I see Nylander's trending, right? And I just see this. All right. Marner has taken two penalties. Oh, that's the tweet. That was the tweet I was about to read. Okay, no, no. I'll stop. I'll stop. Go ahead. Go ahead. So Marner um, – sorry. Nylander was was um, benched last night because he was on the ice for the third, uh, the third goal. And I guess there was a really big um, mix-up. I didn't – I don't remember the play off the top of my head. So this is from Tic Tac Tomar. Marner has taken two penalties in OT that were followed by game-winning goals. Kapanen threw his stick at Petrie to give Montreal a penalty shot. After voicing how key it was to not take penalties, Andreas Janssen went on a penalty spree. Nylander makes one mistake, gets benched and demoted. Adam, Adam, Adam. The city of Toronto hates William Nylander. I was going to say, why do old people hate William Nylander? I'm convinced. I'm convinced. You know, if you don't want him in Toronto, I will gladly take William Nylander. No, 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 no. Don't get me wrong. I, I love William Nylander on this team. He's... I thought he's been, like, Toronto's best player. You know what the best part is, though? You know what the best part about about the William Nylander situation is? Remember in the summer, people complained that they needed to uh, trade a forward to bring in a defenseman? Yes. Which they did, to be clear. The team did this. Pardon? Nylander for Hannafin. No. The team traded Kadri... For Tyson Berry and Alex Kerfoot. Yes. So the team recognized they had an issue with right-handed defensemen. And they brought in a solution for this year. What what do you want from – they did what you – they did – did they not do it? They did they didn't. not? They did it. Now, it wasn't good enough. So admit that the team did it. And they need to do more for the team. Don't come out and say the team still hasn't fixed the defensive issue. 
or the team still hasn't traded a forward. They did trade a forward. They traded Kadri, got a good a good third line center. Having Nazem Kadri on this team would not be smart. Number one, he has the patience of nothing. Uh, every time he gets hit, some he complains, and he's not a third line center. He is a top he, six he's center. And we saw for the last two years what playing a second-line center on the third line does. And I'm not saying Nazem Kadri is a bad player. All I'm saying is it's not smart to put a player who's who's supposed to be getting over 50, like who's supposed to be on a second line on the third line. It doesn't work. The same thing happened with Connor Brown. Connor Brown is not a fourth-line guy. I just think that this team has a grudge – or not the team, sorry. Most of the – or a lot of the fans have a grudge against William Nylander because he held out until December 1st. But uh, – But what? So good. Yeah, I know. Why do people hate him? Because he held up – he did something that no one has ever done on this team. He held out until December 1st. It's ridiculous. I don't agree with it. I don't agree with it. I to- I told you last year when William Nylander signed that he's not going to have a good year. No. He missed the first three months or missed two months. Had to get first off in sh- in uh, NHL game shape because I'm sorry, playing in Sweden wasn't doing anything. Like he's fit, but he's not NHL game ready. Then he has to catch up to speed for the other players who have been playing for the last two months. I said that this team, number one, not the team, Austin Matthews needs William Nylander because doesn't work with it wasn't working with Marner. Uh, playing with Kapanen last year wasn't helping. The only person that actually looked good with the, there's only two players that look good with Matthews, Janssen and Hyman. Because they get him the puck. They dig deep, get him the puck. Kapanen, story, is not a pass-first mentality. God, no. Kapanen looks to shoot. That's why he didn't work on the Tavares line either. Look at what the team needs, not what the player the player was doing. The team needs someone to get Matthews and Tavares the puck. Matthews and Tavares are 40, if not almost 50 goal scorers when fully healthy. Yes. So when you come to me and say Nylander needs to be traded, okay, what what do you get? What does Nylander get you right now? Um, Something really, really nice. Like a really to, – to, 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 Like what? To serve to those people, you get a really nice defenseman, but the problem is – Okay, give me some give me some names. Like, what term does this do these players have? Let me just quickly go to cap friendly. Oh, I know what you could do, Alex. Tell me. There's been a defenseman who's been on the block for a couple of years now. How about a one for one Nylander for Rasmus Ristolainen? No, no, no. That's the complete opposite of what this team needs. How about Nylander for 
Alex Petrangelo. Well, that was discussed last year. Which, by the way, if I'm Toronto and I get that deal done, I'm gonna, you, like if I'm Toronto, I don't do that ever. Think okay, so let's. It's a similar to the Jake Muzzin deal, right? He's here for two years or a year and a half. Uh, it would be it, for Petrangelo would only be half a year because he's a he's a UFA. Oh, right now, right now. Sorry, I was okay, sorry. That was that that deal was in place last year. Yeah, that Some deal was basically in place. They were the centerpiece. Of the, I think that was Chris Johnson who said that. Yeah. Yes. So, trade Nylander for Petrangelo. That's that's not solving the problem. Again, not solving the problem. Nylander makes 6.9. Where do you put that money in? Which def- which of the now four def- UFA defensemen, where do you put that money? You try and give it – I don't know, man. Because you're not getting nothing close to 6.9 for Petrangelo. You're not – probably if you want to bring in Barry long term, not getting 6.9 and – and Jake Muzzin's the closest option. So and please, if he's the only, let's, let's, you know he's asking for more money. He's getting at least like I think it's safe to say Jake Muzzin makes at least six point, like seven probably seven million probably. Well, that just depends on how long he signs for. Yeah, but then that would, if it's a short term, then the AAV goes up, right? Yeah. So it's not smart to trade. Young, skilled wingers for defensemen on uh, expiring or almost expiring contracts. How about one for one for Adam Larson? No, 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 uh, no how stop. About, how, about, <laughs> how about you trade him one for one for Sammy Vatnin? No. Would you like a slightly used Shea Weber? No. Anything else to say about the Leafs? Stop trying to trade William Nylander. It's not going to happen. It's not a smart idea. By the way, that Cade kid is now trending on Twitter. Yeah, I know. I was just on Twitter. That's pretty special, eh? And Tavares tweeted at him six minutes ago, by the way. Yeah, I saw it. So I think Matthews did too. He commented. Oh, that's awesome. The Buffalo Buttes. Matt, there's Matthews. What is Matthews' profile picture? Oh, uh, that's a good dog. Is it just a dog? It, oh, it's okay. him and him and his dog. Ah, uh, okay. It's a good dog. Well, I think I'm about to sneeze, Alex. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Bless you. I I put my computer to the other side of my bed. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, we did have to record through Skype because uh, I couldn't get a ride to Alex's today. But hopefully next week. Actually, wait, no, because I have to go to Montreal this weekend. Oh, did I tell you about this? No. So I'm not going to. I wasn't going to go to this game this weekend because it was the LA Kings. But they're asking season ticket holders for their tickets because, obviously, uh, this Saturday's game, um, the Habs are doing their Remembrance Day game. So they're giving tickets to the vets, obviously, and the members of the armed oh, forces. So they've nice. 
for tickets, they're actually letting some season ticket holders, myself and my mother included, to go to the luxury boxes. Wow. So I get to be in one of the boxes. Fancy for you. Yeah. Living so, the life. So, Al, <laughs> anything else before we go? No, but we will record again on uh, Wednesday or yes. Thursday. Exactly. Hopefully with Daniel. Yeah, hopefully. And hopefully he's not late. <laughs> he loves being late. That's, that's funny. No one loves being late more than Daniel. No. It's so annoying. That's okay. All right, Alex. Well, I think okay. it's a solid episode, don't you? Yes. Well, if you enjoyed this podcast, which of course you did, you should rate it. You should review it. You should share it. You should check us out on Twitter, Instagram. You should check out my HFRs. My last one in Vegas is personally my favorite one I've ever done. And, yeah, we love hockey, and hopefully so do you. Otherwise, I have no idea why you're listening to us. Alex, <laughs> anything else to say to the lovely listeners? No, but thank you for listening. Of course. And listeners, we love you. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the two on one podcast.